after we are born again, we have to build a sure foundation whereby we can understand the principles of following God. For it is very different than starting out to, say, learn an English course or be a football player or any of the things that we do on this present earth. We are going to be following God. We are not going to be following our own wisdom. Therefore, we have to understand how we follow God. To show me this, when I was first born again, God took me to a few scriptures. And by those few scriptures, by meditating in those few scriptures and really thinking about it, he laid a foundation for me to follow him. Now, maybe you've been a Christian for 50 years and don't know how to follow God. I have a cousin who's Church of Christ and is 97 years old and been in church all her life and she doesn't know how to follow God. She told me, said, she said, oh, she said, I do well in the daytime, but in at evening, I just have trouble. I get pulled down each evening. Her husband died 10 years ago. I said to her, well, Jean, if you would just turn to God when you start to feel you're being pulled down and ask him to help you, he would. I know I was telling her Philippians 4, chapter, uh, uh, verse 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I was just telling her, just ask God for help. But she wouldn't do that. She's 97 years old and is, has been in church her entire life. The reason I know she wouldn't do that and didn't do that is because the next time she wrote me, she said exactly the same thing. I do very well in the daytime, but in the evening I get pulled down. So I could tell she was not doing the Word of God. So at any age, you can learn to do this. If you're a brand new Christian, you can learn it. Or if you've been in church 50 years, you can learn it. But this is what we must do in order to follow God. The first thing we look at is the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, everybody who belongs to God has the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1 says we are sealed with the Spirit of God. So if you are born again, you have the Holy Spirit unless you've been turned over to a reprobate mind. And if you've been turned over to a reprobate mind, I doubt that you're going to want to be listening to me. So let's go forward on the premise 
that we all have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a wonderful thing. David, after his sin with Bathsheba, begged God not to take his spirit away from him. David prayed, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And he begged God, Take not away from me thy Holy Spirit. That's in uh, Psalm 51. So the Holy Spirit is, it's not something that causes us to do anything that we don't want to do. We have free will. The Holy Spirit simply gives us information, bringing it to our mind. The work of the Holy Spirit uh, in us is the following. We start with John fourteen twenty six. And we see two things in this scripture that the Holy Spirit does. Then we see another scripture with two more things that the Holy Spirit does for us. Jesus says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Don't worry, he'll teach you. I wrote in every chapter of my Bible, pray for wisdom pray for guidance of the holy spirit i didn't want to miss this and when i don't understand the scripture i just say i don't understand this and many times god will cause me to understand that after i pray the holy spirit teaches us all things now i believe the holy spirit teaches us all things both spiritually and secularly I ran my business for years in Dallas by this scripture. Before I would go out to buy merchandise, I would pray for God to have the Indian artist. I owned a business in American Indian Arts. I would pray for God to have the Indian artist to make the item for me. When I got to the reservation to purchase the items, I prayed for God to show me which items to purchase. It's by his spirit that he shows us these things. And when I returned home, I prayed for God to send out the angels to bring the customers in to buy the items. I never had an item that didn't sell. In the four years I operated the business, I never had a sale and everything sold. The Holy Spirit teaches us all things. We run into something in life we don't know what to do. We just don't know how to handle it. And everything we do is failing. But God knows what we can do. So once we wake up and say, hey, the things I'm doing aren't working, and we say, God, please give me wisdom about this matter. We have a promise of God in James chapter 1, verse 5, that if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given you. If you ask God for wisdom, he will give you wisdom. Not only does he know the present, he knows the future. This is a mighty weapon. So Jesus says, the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, he shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. 
years ago when I was born again, my best friend said, Joni, you've got to start memorizing scripture. We didn't know a thing about the Holy Spirit. She said to me, I'm going to enroll you in Bible Memory Association. And what you do is you will memorize one verse of scripture per week. And then you quote it to me, your sponsor, and I turn it into the association. And then I think after you did a number of weeks, they sent you a certificate or something. One scripture per week. That was one of the hardest things I have ever tried to do in my entire life. This verse of scripture says that the Holy Spirit will remind us of everything Jesus has said. So I learned that if you just read the Bible and do whatever it is you can see to do, and then you get in a situation where you need this scripture, the Holy Spirit will remind you of this scripture. It just kind of comes up into your mind and you can handle it. This is God's way. The Holy Spirit will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever Jesus has said to you. Now we have to understand that God speaks to us by scriptures, by dreams, by concepts. So there are different things we might be reminded of. We could be reminded of a dream to show us what to do or what not to do. Before my mother died, I had a dream where I would have to be able to get out of my house, but I could not go through my cousin's house. I had to find another way out. My mother died and my cousin wanted me to move to Albuquerque, New Mexico, where she lives with a husband. And uh, two adult sons live in the area. She said to me, the boys will be such good help to us. But I'd had that dream where I couldn't go through my cousin's house. So I didn't even entertain the idea of moving to the place where my cousin lived. I ended up moving to Lubbock, Texas, the exact opposite direction from the place where my cousin lives. So we are led sometimes by dreams. So two of the things God does with us through the Spirit of God is he teaches us all things and he reminds us of everything that Jesus has brought to us. Two more things are in John chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into it. One time I went to Carlsbad Caverns, and it happened that my high school science teacher was leading people in tours through the caverns. He took our group of people and took us on a separate tour, and every once in a while we would look down and see the big tour underneath us. We felt very secure because this guide knew exactly how to take us through this vast caverns. The Holy Spirit can take us through this vast wilderness of this world 
of the job world, of your home life, of everything you face in this world. He will guide us into all truth. I've had times when just one bit of information was given to me, and then another idea came to me, and it was added on to the first idea. Then another idea was added on to that idea, then another onto that idea. That is the Holy Spirit guiding us into all truth. To give you a very concrete example of this, in December 2019, no, I guess it was 2018. Anyway, I had this concept come to my mind. It was just a very gentle thought from the Holy Spirit. Read the Old Testament. The first day that it came to my mind, I was aware it came to my mind, but I didn't do anything. The second day, the concept came to my mind, read the Old Testament. And I thought about it a minute. I thought, I love the Old Testament. That probably would work very well for me. But I didn't do anything. The third day, the concept came to my mind, read the Old Testament. That day, I stopped and took a Bible and began reading at Genesis chapter 1. After reading a little bit, I thought, Maybe I should share this with our little church group by email. So I wrote it out. I continued reading, and then I thought, maybe I should put this on our blog and share it with all the people that can't read our blog, which uh, our blog name is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. After doing that, the concept came to my mind Maybe I should write this into a book to publish on Amazon. We publish books there. So I started writing a book. Then when I started writing a book, I saw that I had way more than one book. This was going to be a volume of books, several books. So I began writing just one book at a time and ended up with... Ten volumes. I'm starting the tenth volume now. See how God, through the Spirit of God, guides us one step at a time. He said to me one time, one step at a time, one step at a time, it is enough. Take that one step, and then usually something else will happen, and you add it on to the one step. So when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. It says he will not speak of himself. That means the Holy Spirit is not bringing you his own ideas. What he does is he searches the heart of God to show you what God wants you to do. It says, but whatsoever Whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak. 
whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. I was sharing this with a couple of Baptist women one time, and one of the women said, well, who does he hear from? And I said, well, he hears from God. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit of God. He knows everything that God wants done in your life. And then it says, Jesus says, He, the Holy Spirit, will show you things to come. In December, on December 6th, 2018, I fell at my house. I started trying to crawl on the floor with a broken hip and a broken hand. And it was extremely difficult. Extremely. And I would have probably died in that hallway had it not been for one thing. I heard from God by the Spirit of God the following words. You can do this. And because of that, I kept inching my way toward the phone. It took me four and a half hours to get approximately five feet where the phone was sitting on a table. I pulled on the cord of the phone and the receiver squirted off toward the wall. But a Kindle tablet was under that table. I managed to get three more feet to the Kindle tablet. And I was almost unconscious, but I had enough energy to pull up an email and type in the words, Fallen, help, send ambulance. And I sent it to our church group. Pam Paget in Colorado Springs got the email. She called the police department in Lubbock, Texas, and had them send an ambulance. I don't think I could have ever gotten to that place where that tablet was had it not been for hearing from God by His Spirit the words, You can do this. That's the Spirit of God bringing truth from God to me. The ambulance workers put me on a gurney and rolled me through the living room of my house and we got to the front door and I heard from the Spirit of God the following words. You will never see this house again. Now that's the Holy Spirit showing you things to come. When you hear something is coming from the Holy Spirit, you can build your house on that word. You will never see this house again. Because I had that word, I was able to put the house in Texas up for sale. I was able to change directions entirely, which ended up that Pam Paget took me into her home to live in Colorado Springs, I moved directly from the rehab hospital where I had been two and a half months to Colorado Springs. This is the way the Holy Spirit guides us into those things 
that are the will of God for us at that exact moment in time. So here we have four things that the Holy Spirit does. He teaches us all things. He brings all things to our remembrance, whatsoever Jesus has said to us. He guides us into all truth, and he shows us things to come. I kept this scripture in front of me for months after I was born again. It was electrifying to me. I just couldn't get enough of this scripture. And there's another scripture that God brought to my attention at the same time. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul says, But it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. With those three scriptures, we have a foundation for the concept of understanding how God communicates with us today in the church. As we live on this present earth. We are on a highway of God. It is like we're driving down a highway and we have one scripture that has been illuminated to us to show us the way to go on the highway. You'll be reading the Bible and sometimes a scripture just jumps out at you. That's the Holy Spirit bringing you a special message that you need for that exact moment in life. So stop and look at that scripture. Keep that scripture before you day and night. It takes you down that highway of God. You take that scripture as far as it will take you, day after day, doing that scripture, Conforming your life to that scripture in every way that you can think of. Staying on that highway. You go a certain distance, maybe a day, two days, three days, a month with that scripture. One scripture. Then you are reminded of another scripture. This is like a fork in the road. You're going to follow that second scripture. And you go as far as it will take you. Then you have another scripture and you go that way. This way God gets you to the exact place where you are supposed to be in this present life. One scripture at a time. You eat and drink that scripture. 
you get every drop of blood that you can get out of that scripture, this is the Lord's Supper. Each of us are taken down the highway of God with the scripture that God wants us to follow at that moment. So pay attention to it. What is the last thing you remember God bringing to your mind? That is the thing you need to be focusing on right now. It can be a scripture. It can be a dream. It can be a concept of truth about a given matter. Whatever God gives you by his spirit is the thing that keeps you on God's highway when you focus on that day and night and follow it and remove anything that doesn't fit with that information. I'll give you a concrete example. In January 2020, God spoke a word to Pam Paget, who's in our little church group. The word was podcast. She was just waking up that morning and she heard podcast. Now she heard it in the form of a thought, not an audible voice, a thought. So before she even got out of bed, she grabbed her Kindle and looked up podcast. Unknown to Pam, I had been praying about going on radio. I had been on radio in the 1980s, and I was interested again in going on radio. Pam told me about this word she had had on the word podcast she began to explain to me what a podcast was. I said, well, you better look into that. That sounds good. I found very quickly that it was an excellent way to go. Radio is very expensive. Podcasts cost us almost nothing. And podcasts goes all over the world. And not only that, you build a library. It's unlike radio because radio is a one time thing. You do one broadcast. If they happen to be hearing the radio that day, they get that broadcast. But on podcast, I was really excited because you build up a library of broadcast. They could start anywhere. They could turn on today's, but they could see something else and see it also, hear it also. So it was a much better way to go. We bought the recording equipment and prepared to do podcast, and Pam did all the technical work to allow the broadcast to be heard. And shortly after that, God gave me a dream. And this dream confirmed the way for me to go. I opened the front door of my house, and outside my door, Kittens were everywhere. Kittens were on the left-hand side of the door, on the right-hand side of the door. They were white and starving to death and lying there at the point of death just waiting for me to bring them food.
There was one kitten that was white with some yellow, although all the other kittens were solid white. There were kittens in my garage. Kittens were everywhere. And in the dream, I was very disturbed. How am I going to take care of all these kittens? But when I woke up, I prayed. And I said, God, what is this dream about all these kittens? And I was reminded of the church. Some of them are absolutely starving to death for information. The one that was white with the yellow tinge, I think, was polluted by the church doctrines. The others were all white. I knew it was the podcast. When we start out in something of God... We often have thoughts from devils to try to keep us from doing that. For God has given me two scriptures to keep me going for years. One scripture is in Hebrews chapter 3. The other scripture is in Hebrews chapter 10. God has given me a gift of exhortation, a spiritual gift of exhortation, to be able to exhort the church. In Hebrews chapter 3, let's read that. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. You see, you hear a word from God and the devil says, now was that really God that said that? Maybe it was just my own imagination. That's what he did with Eve. Does God really say that? So he says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily. I have a gift of exhortation, a spiritual gift of exhortation. It is not for me, it's for you. You can read about the gift of exhortation in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, along with the other spiritual gifts that God gives for the church. But exhort one another daily. How am I going to do that? Exhort means to urge earnestly with advice and warning. Exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. So exhort one another daily. Well, in 2012, God gave me a dream showing me to start a blog. We were so excited when we started the blog because we found out It was something we could use daily to exhort the church. And the other thing that excited us so much is it went all over the world daily. And the third thing is it costs nothing to do it. And it was a method whereby I could do this scripture, exhorting the church daily warning them, advising them, bringing doctrine from God. 
to help put them on the highway of God. The other scripture that has kept me going for years is in Hebrews chapter 10. Start at verse 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. As you see the day of the Lord approaching, wickedness will get worse. Therefore, we need more exhortations. Now, I am often told by the devil, bringing thoughts to my mind, you talk too much, you write too much, you're doing too much. But God brings me back with this scripture. Exhort one another and so much the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. The devil, Antichrist, opposite from Christ, will take you exactly the opposite way if you permit it. But God has ways to pull us back to the exact place we're supposed to be. And this scripture pulls me back every time. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, for we assemble by these podcasts, by the blog, but exhorting one another and even more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. As the wickedness increases, we see the day of the Lord approaching and we know it's dangerous. So exhort one another even more. And these are scriptures that have kept me going for years. And I use even more now than I did years ago. We see how God uses dreams and scriptures and concepts to keep us going in the direction he wants us to go. It's important to understand this. Romans chapter 8 verse 29 For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. To be conformed to the image of Jesus. To be conformed to the image of the Word. We are conformed to the image of Jesus every time we do that Word that is brought to us by God. We are recreated in the image of God over and over by that scripture or that word that we have received by the Spirit of God. In building a deep root system for myself, and this applies to every person who has ever been a Christian, this one verse of scripture describes for us how to build that deep root system. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law 
And I'm going to transpose that to the word of God, the word that God gives us. Shall not depart out of our mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. This book of the law, let's take the New Testament. It is the rule of God for the New Testament church today. Shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Where do you meditate? Well, you really meditate on those scriptures that the Holy Spirit electrifies for you at that given moment. You'll be reading along and all of a sudden that that one verse of scripture just hangs. You don't want to go past it. It's just like it keeps pulling you back to it. Go back to it. Look up the words. Look up the definition of the words. Pray over it. Ask God how you can apply it to your life. Pay attention. Apply that word. Keep applying it. Keep looking at that word until you are given another word. One verse of scripture at a time is enough to get us exactly where God wants us. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Here is an example. One day I was reading the Bible And the following scripture jumped out at me. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So I stopped and began to think about what this was saying. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth I considered the word corrupt and what it meant and what corrupt communication might mean I looked at the definition of the word edifying edify means to build to build another person in the faith to build yourself in the faith that it may minister grace unto the hearers I probably had kept this scripture in front of me for three or four days, looking at it, thinking about it, trying to structure my speech by this scripture. In about four days, I had gone to my neighbor's house and was visiting with them. This was during the time of the presidential elections in the United States. There were two candidates running that interest me. Usually I'm not interested at all. I'm very non-political. But that year I had gotten involved by listening to television news, corrupt communication. It had pulled me in. I'd let myself get involved in it. So as I sat there with my neighbors, 
I want to say, and what do you think about the election? But I was stopped by this scripture because I began to think, now wait a minute, if I say that to my neighbors, will that edify them? Will it minister grace to them or will it cause evil to come forth from my neighbors? Will I be provoking evil? Well, it's very easy to see you're going to be provoking evil. But your flesh wants to do it. It was such a strong pulling. I just could hardly believe how much I wanted to say that. Finally, and of course I'm praying God help me not to say this. Well, finally, I got up and left without saying it. That is God leading us by these scriptures, conforming us to the image of Christ so that we will not do evil, but rather we depart from the evil and put our own tongue, a bridle on our own tongue. Uh, In James, it says a man that, If he can't bridle his tongue, his religion is vain. I believe that's in James 1. You have to be able to bridle your tongue. Sometimes you just have to get out of the situation as I did. It's so strong. Now, when we refuse to let our tongue speak what it wants to speak, we cause a suffering in our own flesh. For our flesh wants to do that. When we will not let the flesh go the way it wants to go, and when we bridle it and put it to death by the Spirit of God through a scripture like this, then we know what it is to suffer in the flesh. For that is suffering in the flesh when you don't let the flesh do what it wants to do. Another example of letting the flesh do what it wants to do. One of the women who had been in our church group told me that she became very attracted to a man at work. She could have stopped that if only she had prayed, God, Please deliver me from this evil. Please help me. Don't let me do this. That could have stopped it. I have stopped myself many times from doing or saying things that I should not do or say simply by calling on God for help. Please don't let me do this. Please don't let me say this. For there are times you want to tell a person off. Please don't let me do this. But we know it would not be a godly act. It's our flesh wanting to do something. This woman yielded to her flesh. She ended up committing fornication. She was married. She became an adulteress. No telling how many people she hurt along the way. For there's the family of this man to consider. There's her own husband to consider. There's the word of God to consider. There's the spirit of God to consider. But she committed fornication. 
with this man to whom she was attracted at work. She became pregnant, had an abortion, divorced the first husband, married a second husband, divorced the second husband, and still had a longing to be with some man. Down a path of evil. Going in a way that is not God. Yielding to the flesh. All of these things can be stopped through prayer, asking God for help, and through meditating in scripture showing us what to do and what not to do. Every one of us know there is no scripture telling us to commit adultery. There is no scripture telling us to commit fornication. So if you're in one of those situations where you're tempted, you should be grabbing onto those scriptures that help you to fight this problem, and you could be depending upon God to help you not to do this. And we are told that God makes a way of escape that we will be able to bear it. Let's look at that. It is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I believe it's verse 13. It is verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. A way to escape. Whether it is the temptation of speaking that which would not edify a person, such as I gave you in the election example, I got up and fled the house finally to keep my tongue under control. There are ways to escape if you want to escape. Now, if you're praying for this to work out, this evil to work out, God's not going to help you in all likelihood. You're going to get to go into the evil. Jesus said, pray, deliver us from evil. So you have to want to escape the evil. And if you want to escape the evil and you ask God to help you, you can be guaranteed that God is going to make a way of escape for you. And there will not be something that is too much for you that you can't escape. Because that scripture says that. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able to handle. But will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. These are fundamental truths and ways for us to stay on the highway of God, to know the highway of God and to stay on the highway of God. Mark chapter 4, Jesus says, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground, 
where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, and some sixty, and some an hundred. Jesus explained this parable. Verse 14 of Mark chapter 4. The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside, where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately, and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. They heard the truth, but Satan immediately stole it from them. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time, and afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth, For the word's sake, immediately they are offended and turned from the word. I have two examples of this one. Three examples, really. One day I was in a furniture store and a woman came up to me who was a saleswoman and was talking with me and she said something that triggered me to say, I am very careful not to let the sun go down on my wrath. That's a scripture. I'm very careful to settle it before the sun goes down when I'm angry with someone. That woman screamed out to some other people, Hey, come here, hear this, listen to this. And I repeated it. These were people by the wayside who received the word of God with gladness. But they don't endure because they don't focus on that word. See, they don't let that word go down into their hearts. What they do is they go on about something else of this life and forget the word. Or and or for maybe just a little while, they will do that. But then an affliction or the devil brings a concept to them and they quickly go with it and it destroys the word that has been in them. So he says, these are... They likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves. You have to build the root system by thinking on that word, by letting it go down into your heart, by spending enough time looking at that one concept and letting it work through you and lead you And you live in that word, doing that word. So they don't do that. They don't build the root system, so they only endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. There was a young man who got in touch with me because of our blog. He said he was a minister in uh, the Philippines. He wanted me to come and speak to their church group, but I explained to him I just couldn't do that. He had seen something that I had written concerning preachers calling themselves reverend and how they should not do that. 
You are an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, Ephesians 4. No man called himself reverend. No man. Even Jesus didn't call himself reverend. There is no Reverend Peter, Reverend Paul, Reverend John. What did they call themselves? They called themselves apostle because that's what they were. That's what they were appointed to be. And I, he read that teaching. So he was so excited about it, he got up and told his church group. And they were furious over that. And they demanded that he leave the church. They gave him one week to vacate the church property where he was living. He had apparently never worked at a secular job since he was 18. He had lived on church property. He had a wife and two ch- a child, a wife and a child, and he was somewhere probably in his 40s at the time he came to me. I told him, go get a secular job like Paul did and support your wife and your child and in your spare time preach the gospel. He apparently did not do that. He quit communicating with me. I didn't hear from him for about three years. And then I heard from him. An earthquake had hit the Philippines and destroyed the house he was living in, and all the property around. I think it was still that church property where he was living. I think he left the word of God and stayed with the church. And now his house has been destroyed. He asked me to send him money, which I did not do. I didn't even answer the email. I believe he went the wrong way. And now he will have to live with his decision. Verse 18, and these are they that are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. It was at one time fruitful, but it is becomes unfruitful. I believe I can give you an example of this. This woman had been in our church group for 39 years. And she began railing out at me and left. She had been, I think, very spiritual at the beginning. And had done spiritual caring things in helping. But she went stone cold dead months before she railed out at me. I could see this every time I talked with her by phone in the latter days. If I was speaking of spiritual things, she became very quiet and said nothing. But the minute I spoke of a television show, she got excited and jumped in and began talking about the television show, I could see her interest was no longer in the Word of God. Her interest was in the television show. That doesn't just happen. You grow into that. When you do such things, 
God could give you over to a reprobate mind, which is described in Romans 1. Paul also talks about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. I've seen it happen. We fight the good fight of faith. We fight to hold on to the concepts of God. So Jesus says the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Mark chapter 4. And verse 20 he says, And these are they which are sown on good ground. We have to keep our heart in a good condition, forgiving others, praying when someone offends us, allowing God to keep our hearts in those situations or else our ground becomes bad, evil. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit. Some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundred. All of the things I've spoken to you today are printed in writing on our blog, all the scriptures, so you can see them in writing. Our blog name is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Go to that, look under podcast, you can click on this broadcast if you desire and hear it again but you will see every scripture in writing and that's so important keep those scriptures in front of you build your foundation on these scriptures stay on these scriptures stay on that highway of God follow that one dream or scripture as far as you can take you as far as you can go Then another scripture is given. Follow that one. Build your house solidly on the foundation of the word of God that is brought down from heaven by God, by his spirit. This is Joan Boney speaking. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.